0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. He's to the 45. Oh, to he's the 50. Planning. Oh, no, he's not. No, he's not going to plant it in midfield of the O, is he? Wow. Yes, he is. Rattler again, to throw, steps up in the pocket, oh, throws on the right. Oh, Jake Stokes, touchdown OU. From the OU 34, Ellinger going through. And here's Sabsett, Woody Washington. Give me that. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host this evening Kami Amarabi, and I was going to have a podcast for you guys yesterday but I got busy with wedding stuff but now I'm sitting here with an extra stout Guinness. It is a beautiful Tuesday evening. It really is folks. I hope you got out there. It's fantastic. But here to talk to you guys about a few things before the bigger podcast tomorrow with Jack and Steven. Going to talk a little bit softball, some Porter Moser and not to not to, you know, let you guys hang in but Gonna talk about some Barry Switzer and whether or not he would be successful in the modern era. This was a thought brought to me by my good buddy Steven McCluskey, who is one of the best people I know. So we'll talk about that. But first, we need to address, of course, what happened this last weekend. So for example, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, Patty Gasso Sooner, they go over to Stillwater, have played a three game series lose the opening one, win the next two, and honestly, those second two were very difficult games to put away in Bedlam. I mean, you thought maybe the Sooners are going to run rule the Cowgirls on on Mother's Day, and that just was not the case. And so, now, you've got the Big 12 championship game, the, the softball game that they played, and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma meet once again, and in this time... Oklahoma their defense comes to play uh, Patty Gasco goes all defense all day and they run rule the Cowgirls uh, at the at the Big 12 title game and now they're their number one seed in the overall tournament you just love to see it man you love to see how well Patty Gasco is still aging again her tenure at the University of Oklahoma is incredible I think <laughs> if you guys heard that sneeze in the background that was my dog that's incredible um but what she's done is nothing short of spectacular, right? The woman comes to OU early, 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 early with Stoops, with Sherry Cole, with all the other guys, and she's outlasted all of them. And not only has Sherry Cole outlasted all of the other people she came into OU with or around the same time frame, she has consistently won over that entire career early and late. You saw Sherry Cole. I mean, that woman was killing the Big 12 if you guys remember in the early 2000s. She was the coach. She was team like USA coach. I think I think it's like under 18 or maybe not, I can't remember, but she was like USA team coach. She was she went to the national title a couple times I believe. Um failed against UConn but she got a couple final fours had the Paris Twins there. That was fantastic Stacy Dales and all that great stuff but then later on as you saw her tenure kind of just man it was just bad oh my goodness it was bad basketball for the last I can't remember the last time OE basketball was good uh women's basketball anyways I guess you could say when they had the, the Paris twins I guess you would say that would maybe be the last time that you've seen that and kudos to Jada Coleman holy crap She is the number one recruit in the country for a reason, right? She wants to be Oklahoma's left-handed shortstop, which typically that does not happen. But oh my gosh, this woman is crazy athletic in the outfield, stealing home runs from the Cowgirls once they think they're about to get momentum. And it's gotten to the point, I tweeted this out, it's getting to the point where people are going to look at Billy Bowman, her significant other and look to, her, look to him to put on somewhat of a same performance as a true freshman on uh, defense while he's playing for Alex Grinch because Jada Coleman is killing the game, and she is a very important part of Patty Gasso's squad, and she looks like she's going to be incredible for the years to come. But let's transition to over to Porter Moser, the basketball team, because, I mean, that's what... People kind of want to hear about, it. despite Patty Gasso deserving a 900 foot tall statue, bigger than the Tulsa Driller, bigger than Big Tech's, bigger than anything ever, bigger than the statue of Zeus uh, in ancient Greece. Patty Gasso deserves everything ever because she's had longevity, right? She won a lot earlier on in her career, and now, oh my gosh, with age, it's almost like wine's gotten better constantly having teams that are going to be a threat to win the national title. So kudos to her. But anyways, moving on to Porter Moser, the man has 12 scholarship players for next year. They have that 13th one available. Bryce Thompson, Trey Alexander. Doesn't look like those dudes are going to become Sooners, okay? And I thought his quote on who that 13th scholarship player is going to be was kind of interesting, right? I mean, you like to hear that perspective from The head coach, he says, do they fit? Do they add something to the program as a person, as a player? Their skill set, what we need. I'm looking at more than I normally would. And I think that's so cool that you get those quotes from Porter Moser because you don't necessarily get those quotes, those honest quotes from certain coaches, especially even at OU, especially in the last 10 years. You wouldn't get those quotes from Lon Kruger, I don't feel like. And Porter Moser is so genuine but also so energetic, and I really believe he's going to take OU to this next level of not just being okay with being a one-and-done in the tournament, but making the Sweet 16 consistently because the staff that he has organized and the players that he's going to get coached up so hard. The man has had four guys to work with. So, like, when you look at the... Highlights, I guess, on the OU basketball Twitter and Instagram and whatever posts. That's why the frames are so tiny. Because he really has four scholarship guys to work with, right? You've got Mo Gibson, who he's he acknowledged, man, this guy is a hard worker. He's a sharpshooter. He's a lethal, a scorer from outside. He is. Mo Gibson broke all those records at North Texas. And he was on pace to shatter it if he had stayed at North Texas, but opted to go to OU. Elijah Harkless. A guy that I doubted coming from the West Coast, I thought, okay, he's going to be a defensive specialist. And he's so much more. Yes, he's a defensive specialist. He's a bulldog. That's exactly what Porter Moser wants in that defense because it's a very big defensive philosophy. He's very gritty, but he's not afraid to ball handle. He's not afraid to take, take it to the teeth of the defense and draw fouls. And you have to love dudes like that. Jalen Hill, a guy that was rumored to maybe be homesick in Las Vegas and kind of where the rest of the Long Kruger family is at, right? He's staying around. And I really love that because Jalen Hill, he can play the three, the four, maybe even a small ball five. Jalen Hill is so diverse in his skill set, and I'm very excited to see what he can do to you this next year. And of course, you've got big man Rick Asanza, seven foot one was being recruited by several other schools. It's not like he's some random scrub walk-on. Seven foot one, learning how to use his legs, learning how to use his large mobility, whether it's just hanging out in the paint and taking a step outside occasionally or what. But man, I really love what Porter Moser's doing with these guys and then also guys from the portal. Because Porter Moser, that's why people are calling him Portal Moser, right? He's having to rebuild this kind of situation, this team from the ground up, right? After all the exits after this past year. I mean, you just look at the departures. You have Anyang Garang, who's leaving, he's gone. You've got Devion Harmon, who's in Oregon. You've got Victor Walker. I don't even know where he ended up. Kirk Queth, I think, is at Creighton. Ma- Brady Manick, who's now going to be... At uh, North Carolina, you saw that picture of him today. Josh Aguero, I don't know what he's doing, but he's gone. Trey Phipps, he's leaving. Austin Reeves going to the draft. Alondis Williams also leaving. So they've got quite a bit of building to do. And so here are the guys, and I know I talked about this previously, but here are the guys that they're working with right now. You've got Goldwire from Duke, a highly, highly defensively motivated guard that Porter Moser's going to love. That's what he wants to make the backbone of this team is hard as nails defense. That's what they're gonna do. That's the philosophy. But also a guard in Jacob Groves. He's Tanner Groves' brother, six foot seven, so he can play the two and the three, maybe a small ball four if they want to. There's a lot of opportunity here for him. Then you look at the forwards and centers, Akoma Wine, JUCO guy number four overall juco prospect he i've seen him ball handle i've seen him dunk the ball i've seen him have an outside shot he has got great defensive skills and great defensive instincts he's long yes he he's athletic he's going to be and he's the, the number one power forward from the juco ranks but also tanner groves really really talented really intelligent on the floor kind of maybe like a floor general kind of guy kind of like guy maybe even like a Might run. I'm not saying he's the same type of player, I'm not saying he is this player, but maybe giving Oklahoma a Mark Gasol kind of feel for that game. That Oklahoma's roles are going to be reversed from 2020 to 2021 as far as what these teams are going to do. Oklahoma in 2020, you hardly saw any activity offensively coming from the front court, and you saw a ton of it coming from the back court this year, this coming season. I think you'll see it reverse. I think you'll see a lot of activity coming from the front court, and then that's going to give a lot of opportunities for shooters and other guards to really make moves off of pick and rolls and pick and pops, etc. And then you've got um, uh, Ethan Chargeois from SMU, a Tulsa kid that he's going to shoot threes again. Six foot nine perimeter guy, a guy in the front court is going to shoot the ball pretty well. And then of course you have your guys coming in to the fold as freshmen this year so you got cj noland he's the crown jewel of this class of this 2021 class he's a guard six foot three 215 from waxahatchie texas he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to handle he's going to be a guy that they rely on to shoot the ball quite a bit you've got austin mason who is the guy that committed to porter moser as soon as he got to ou because he was recruiting them at chicago loyola or Loyola chicago excuse me He's a, a, quite a bit smaller. He's three inches shorter than C.J. Noland, but he's 55 pounds, according to rivals anyways, 55 pounds lighter than C.J. So he's got a bit of work to do. He's pretty slender. Uh, he's going to probably have to beef up, but he can shoot the ball like, like nobody's business. And then you got Bijan Cortez from Kingfisher, Oklahoma, 6'2", 175. He's going to put on some weight. Great driver to the rim, but also can has the outside shot as well. And then... Oklahoma, looking at that 13th roster spot. So you're looking, okay, what can Oklahoma do? I can already tell you right now, CJ Nolan is going to play probably some extensive minutes with Mo Gibson, with Elijah Harkless, and with Goldwire and Jacob Groves and those dudes. That, that man, that 13th spot, the one I know they are eyeing right now because Bryce Thompson, Trey Alexander are no-goes is Brandon Mahan. I did say that, I think, a couple weeks ago. He's a guard. He's from UCF. He's already transferred from AM to UCF and then maybe to Oklahoma. He's a guy that averaged like 13 points a game, 91% from the line, I believe 44% from the three-point line. He's a guy that would really, really accentuate this Oklahoma offense and take it to the next level and have this Oklahoma team in a really good position, not just in the Big 12, but maybe even making the the, the dance, the NCAA tournament going on But anyways, before we go and talk about Barry Switzer and if he would be a good coach in the modern college football era, we got to go take a break for our sponsors that pay the bills. I'll check you guys right after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. All right, so one of my great friends from college, his name is Steven McCluskey. This guy's a great guy. If you know him, you should buy him a soda. I don't know if Steven drinks beer anymore. He used to a lot. He loves Guinness because he's Irish, I think. I don't know if that's profiling. But anyways, man, my buddy Steven said this to me. He said, Switzer would not be a 600 coach in modern college ball He said that meaning like his win percentage wouldn't be above 600. And I thought that was a garbage take. And he said, with the caveat, because of compliance. And so I thought we might take a little bit of a dive, not a deep dive, because I want these podcasts to be relatively short until the bigger podcast. But let's take a deep. Let's take a dive into it. Right. Okay, let's go. So. The man has swagger. The man has Swagger, if you do not want to play for a coach that is wearing a beat Texas hat on the sideline, get out of my life. In Lincoln Riley, I am still counting on that. You said you would wear that hat in a few more seasons in 2019. Well, you beat them in 2019. You beat them in 2020. If you beat Texas in 2021, Lincoln Riley, because I know, of course, he's a fan of the podcast, right? He needs to be wearing... That beat Texas hat. Here's the audio. Lincoln, during so, the Red River rivalry, Coach Switzer once wore a beat Texas hat. Would you ever consider <laughs> doing the same? Uh, in about ten years, if we, hopefully we win a few more, I'm win a few more games. I might throw one on. You never know. I might surprise you one day. So, Coach. Not this year, though. I promise you that. So, if you're listening to Lincoln Riley here, he says at first ten more years, right? But then he adds the caveat here if we win a few more games so which is it Lincoln are you going to stay 10 more years that means possibly more shots at national titles or at least college 12 playoffers or is it three more games guess we'll have to find out and grill them at next big 12 media day should be interesting I we'll have to bring it up but yeah no people love a man with swagger and I think <laughs> Barry Switzer is the guy. He's the guy that translates that. He's the one that says he wants to half, hang half a hundred on teams. He would not be liked at all in today's college landscape. And not that he was liked much at all when he was still coaching in the 70s and the 80s with Oklahoma. He wasn't liked that much. But dang, with all this stuff today, I think he would be. I think like Nick Saban would say horrible things about Barry Switzer if he was a coach today, if he ran. Oklahoma the same way he ran it back then, of course, without the guns and all that other good stuff. But he's a real players coach. He helped invent the Boz. He helped turn Brian Bosworth into this persona the Boz and Boz will tell you that he's the one that says Switzer gave him the confidence to do that a real players coach a guy that players loved a guy that players wore his freaking meek coat by the way and a guy that really installs confidence into his players that gives kick-ass pregame speeches and then you have to love the confidence right he would admit oh yeah Texas invented the wishbone but Oklahoma perfected it and to me That suggests, and of course, I'm going. I'm like extending a little bit further. I feel like I I feel like I'm reaching here. But to me, that suggests Oklahoma under Barry Switzer in a modern day football game would be okay with looking at what's working, like a spread offenses that Lincoln Riley is currently running and that other people are trying to copy with their crowns and their playbooks. I feel like he would take what's working and try to perfect what's going on there as well, like he did. And then he went on to win three national titles in 74, 75, and 85. And so and also talking about Barry Switzer, in comparison to Patty Gasso, maybe, he had a lot of success early in his career, right? In the big eight. He had a lot of early success, winning those two national titles. And then he hit a lull, right? A decade. And he he knew he had to get his crap straight or else his seat was getting hot losing to nebraska losing to texas occasionally he knew it and so he got his crap together and then wins another one in 85 so longevity that's what really matters here and secondly mccluskey said you know he would be a 600 coach because of compliance man if you ain't cheating you ain't trying that's not back then that's right now no team that is good that anybody gives a damn about in the cultural playoff. No team is not cheating. I guarantee you that. Everybody is cheating, and the reason why nobody's really getting got is because everybody is doing it. So if you pull the trigger on one, all the dominoes start to fall. And so maybe like oh, you talking about if you're talking about internal compliance with OU? You think Barry Switzer gives a crap about internal compliance with OU? He Would wave these dudes away. He's the king. He gives no shits about what somebody. What some AD. What some AD's assistant is going to tell him what to do. He does not care. He's going to give you $100 handshakes. He gave Boz like several dollars. in, in In a high school cafeteria. Where everybody could see him. When this was still a thing. And the SMU stuff. When they got the death penalty. Was still going on. He shows up in a mink coat. Now. He might have to chill out with the eccentrics, right? Because, I mean, Oklahoma fans, they love him. Just like Oklahoma people love Russell Westbrook. You learn to love the outfits. You just do. He might have to chill out with it, but I like it way more than what Dabo is, which is like some fake, ah, man, I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to say Dabo is fake. Nick Saban is as real as it gets. He just does not give a shit, okay, about what you think about him. But I think Saban, not Saban, I think Switzer would have to chill out the eccentrics. But I think it would do well again because he's just being himself. That's not Switzer, but not in the show. That's just Switzer. He's got so much damn confidence. He oozes confidence. That's why his players always believed in him. Now, Switzer, also, great recruiter. He loved it. He would be on the damn road right now, recruiting for Oklahoma if he could. That's why he likes Lincoln Riley so damn much. That's why he loves him so much and thinks that Lincoln Riley is doing some great things at OU. I'm going to wrap up the podcast by just doing that. We're going to have a group podcast tomorrow with me, Jack, and Steven. We'll be talking a little bit more recruiting, a little bit more entertaining things as well. But follow us on CrimsonandCreamMachine.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at CC Machine. You can follow me, at Robbie and CCM. We're on pretty much any podcast platform. Come and join us. You can join the Discord with me and Steven. It's a good time. Until next time, which is tomorrow, I'll check you guys later.